You're listening to The Pastor's Cut, a podcast from Park Community Church in Chicago. Every time a pastor prepares a sermon, there's material that influences, shapes, and informs, but gets cut from the final preach. That's why we started The Pastor's Cut, to give you a chance to go behind the scenes and access the content that informs the teaching at Park each week. If you're wanting to grow in your understanding of and fascination with the Bible, you've come to the right place. This is The Pastor's Cut, and we're your hosts, Sharon Brandis and Trevor Lovell. All right, welcome everybody. We are here with Brenton Smith, one of the pastors here at Park Community Church. Brenton, can you share a little bit about your role and uh, how you came to be in it here at Park? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first I'm going to share a little bit about my family. Um, I um, have been married to my wife, Amber, who's an incredible woman, um, loves ministry, loves teaching, and uh, loves walking and, and living life with other women and families. And so, uh, we've been married for 16 years. Which is, which is exciting. And then we have six children. Um, we've kind of had an interesting way towards children with adopting and also biological children. So it's a, it's a great mix to have uh, a family and, and to ha- include them in ministry. A lot of learns, yeah. a lot of learns. I feel like we're constantly learning how to be parents. Like when yeah. we think we've learned everything, there's new <laughs> things thrown at us. I've never felt that way. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't have high schoolers yet. <laughs> yeah, that's a full family though. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with Park, um, we've been with Park for about uh, six years. Actually, I came in to launch the Edgebrook location. And mm-hmm. so we were there and... Um, I, I had been at, at Moody as a resident director for a number of years, never thought I was going to transition mm-hmm. out, loved it too much. And yet God just opened mm-hmm. up doors here at Park and it seemed like the right thing to do. So we ended up uh, coming to Park. Uh, we've been there now for six years and actually we're in the middle of a transition. Uh, Edgebrook is is going to transition into being Norwood Park. We're going to Taft High School, which doors mm-hmm. have opened up for us to be at Taft and it's mm-hmm. neat to see God really opening up and moving us as a community, as a church into this new direction. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. If you are a partner in hearing that for the first time, we will be sharing some exciting details about their move to Taft High School. But I hear you also have a 4th of July parade this week that yeah, you've been, been engaged in in Edgebrook for quite a while. Yeah, for the last six years, before we even launched, mm-hmm. we were part of this 4th of July parade. And mm-hmm. so even a cool thing around that, um, the first time we ever helped with it, like they literally handed me a megaphone and said, hey, would you run our church? children's games for the yeah. picnic and so we've run them ever since that's um, so fun yeah that's great. like 200 kids 300 kids mm-hmm. all running around mm-hmm. um yeah it's a neat, a neat way to engage in our neighborhood and our community yeah mm-hmm. and you know that that's actually where we're going to be telling all of our people about uh, our neighborhood inviting them to transition with us as we go to taft so yeah be praying for this week as you guys listen to this pray as we engage with our neighborhood over this news yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, so could you share a little recap? Uh, you preached at Edgebrook this past weekend. Um, can you give a little quick recap about what the sermon was, kind of main points in the passage? Yeah, absolutely. So we were in Exodus chapter 14 and 15, which had to do with the uh, parting of the Red Sea, um, opened up. And I started off the sermon by, by asking a question, uh, where do you turn when your back is up against the wall? When there's really no easy way out, where do you go? What do you do? And from there, I gave my big idea, which the big idea was, was is, uh, with God, impossible becomes possible. With mm-hmm. God, impossible becomes possible. And then I just did it into three acts. Uh, this mm-hmm. story actually lined up really well with like a, a three-act story. Mm-hmm. Uh, first act is just setting it up. Second act was introducing the conflict and the, and the, and the, and the uh, confrontation that was happening. Mm-hmm. But then the third one is where it's actually resolved. And the resolve mm-hmm. isn't that the 
ocean uh, opened up, the mm-hmm. Red Sea opened up, but it's actually that they worshiped, which is why they ended up leaving mm. e- Egypt to begin with. So, yeah. it resolves in them doing what they were supposed to be doing, which was worshiping God. And so, yeah. uh, kind of yeah. cool to see these three parts really clearly delineated. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. And that whole idea of God making the uh, the impossible possible, right? And this, like even this situation where it seems like no good outcome could, could come out of it, but then mm-hmm. God makes something happen. You see that all throughout the Bible, kind of a, yeah. a yeah. cool theme that... Uh, God is always doing this sort of thing, like mm-hmm. finding ourselves in hard situations, but then he comes through in an unexpected way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against all their wildest dreams, nobody mm-hmm. would have ever imagined that that's what God would have done. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, as you were preparing for this sermon and doing your research, what did you find that got cut from your sermon? Yeah, there were several things. And actually this morning, I whittled it down to three that I thought would be really good for our purposes okay. here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one that actually came across, it's kind of addressing the whole book of Exodus, but it kind of takes particular interest here at this part of the story. Um, and it's it's that as you look at a lot of different scholars, and while there's different um, opinions on this, um, many scholars and archaeologists would, would see and claim that the Exodus never happened. Oh, wow, the whole book? The whole book, that wow. there was never a time where mm. the people of Israel were birthed out or left Egypt. Mm. Um, now, granted, there are people on both sides of the argument, so it's mm-hmm. not all heavily weighted on one side. But but one of the reasons why they say that this didn't happen, that Exodus never occurred, is because it's not written in Egypt's history. Like, there's nothing in Egypt's history that would have started to point towards a mass exodus of, mm-hmm. yeah. of slavery. And, and yet at the same time, when you think about that point, you go, well, wait a minute, what history actually chronicles your defeat? Mm-hmm. What yeah. history is going to say, well, this is how yeah. we just got it handed to us. <laughs> you know, nobody really does that. Yeah. And it's no different with Egyptian history. They're not going to document how they got rid of their greatest resource, cheap labor. Mm-hmm. They're not yeah. going to argue against that. And it's kind of similar to what even happens today when you think about it. Histories are being written all the time selectively. Mm-hmm. You select what you want to portray and what you think is true. And you, and, you, and you choose that. You choose a narrative. You choose a person. You choose characters mm-hmm. in history. And you really highlight those and leave out a ton of other pieces of history that are just as important. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that happens currently. It happened then as well. Um, there's a lot of other arguments around it. Sustainability, they say, well, the, the, the wilderness would never would have sustained that amount of people through through the wilderness wanderings. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, absolutely, that's the point. God provided, that's a miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why it's being written, that it was completely against logic. It was completely against what anybody would have imagined, mm-hmm. but God showed up. Yeah. And that's the neat thing about it. Yeah. That makes me think of just media nowadays and how um, stories that, either draw money in or they mm-hmm. racially might tell a certain narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, yeah, worldwide that things are cut and told based on how certain people want that story show, uh, shared, whether it's media or where money's backing it. And so, yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely. makes me think of the stories that aren't being told and how I even mm-hmm. think sometimes on Facebook, I'll see certain articles from a Christian news source that mm-hmm. is being shared when, the general media is not sharing it about, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, tragedies that are happening around the world. So, yeah, yeah. really similar. Yep. Yeah, e- even like human tendency sometimes, like with, uh, like say there's, you get into some sort of conflict or something goes wrong and uh, it can be really easy to tell the story in a way where you, you immediately like shift blame elsewhere, <laughs> even though you have a role in it. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It's, um, yeah, well, even you can when, personalize it too, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. usually mm-hmm. on Facebook, you're not mentioning 
how you messed up. Yeah. yeah. It's generally mm-hmm. posting the picture of the smiling kids, not the crying baby. Yeah. You know, generally. Yeah. Yeah. Selectivity. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So what else do you have? Yeah. The other one that I have that, that came across um, in particular as well here is I saw two words, but it's, it's the Hebrew word plays that happen in the Hebrew language mm-hmm. that when we read in the English, we might miss. Uh, the easiest way for me to explain this um, would be kind of like watching TV. Mm-hmm. For many of us, uh, we only have one experience. That's color TV. But, yeah. but you got to think about where TV came from in the black and white era. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we read the Bible kind of like we're still in black and white. That's what English would be. Mm-hmm. But um, really, when we look at the Hebrew, it's like things start to come alive. The structure, the uh, texture of, of what's being communicated, it all starts mm-hmm. to take on a life of its own that you can really miss if you, if you only read it in English. Now, I, I only know enough Hebrew and Greek mm-hmm. to get me in trouble, and I can follow in a commentary, but I, I really don't know enough to like have my devotions in it like <laughs> some people do. Um, <laughs> But I, but when I read commentaries, things that they highlight make sense to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I, I do remember hearing that. I remember seeing that, and I can see the root words in mm-hmm. Hebrew and kind of how they go. But Hebrew's crazy. Hebrew could have a root word, mm-hmm. but like every letter but one falls off to, to accommodate <laughs> for a new structure. And you go, how in the world? So tracking yeah. it can be really yeah. kind of nuts and crazy. But the the words that actually kind of have a word play here that would have been totally missed uh, actually started in verse four. Uh, started in verse four, where uh, God is talking about Pharaoh, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. That's Israel, and and I will get glory over Pharaoh. I will get glory, and that that word glory, um, the root word of that is actually going to show up later on in the story, and it doesn't show up till verse twenty five again. And in verse twenty five of of Exodus chapter fourteen, you see Egypt, the Egyptian forces, uh, in a panic. Um, mm-hmm. Verse 25 says that they're uh, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. Uh, that word heavily mm-hmm. is the same root word for glory that was going to be given to God. And so, really directly, this causal connection is happening between the root word of glory for how God was going to receive glory and the defeat yeah. of the Egyptian nation. Mm. Um, so, it's, it's just neat to see this. Uh, this happening in language that kind of brings it to life. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I would encourage you as, as a listener that might not have access to, to learning Hebrew or Greek, which yeah. is totally fine, um, read a really good study Bible. Have a great study Bible next to you that you, when you're reading, you can kind of go down. Be curious. I think that's yeah. one of the things. Be curious and, and start to discover how things show up. Um, it might take you a little bit of time, but the more time you put in, the more you're going to get out of it. So, I'd really encourage you to, to have a great Bible that you're reading. Yeah. Go down, read read the, the notes underneath. They're there for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a self-proclaimed nerd. So, this kind of <laughs> stuff, I'm really actually glad that I'm on this podcast and I get to mm-hmm. hear these these little things that are left out because, yeah, when you're just reading the Bible without any commentary or study Bible along with it, a lot mm-hmm. of this is missed. I even mm-hmm. think of a couple of weeks ago when... Um, we learned that the plagues defeated each of the gods mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. were worshiping. And you don't see that in the text. And yeah. so, when you mm-hmm. get into this commentary, mm-hmm. my my heart just like sings for joy. That little bit yeah. of nerdiness in me is like, I love this scholarly yeah. stuff that I don't have because I didn't yeah. go to Bible college. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I was just thinking even like the fact that those two words, the the heaviness along with glory, that they share the same root, that there's a relationship between those mm-hmm. that draws a connection between. 
I read this book once by Rudolf Otto called The Idea of the, Idea of the Holy. And uh, in the book, he's kind of analyzing what the physiological response is, what a person feels physically mm. when they encounter holiness or when they encounter glory. Wow. And uh, a piece of that was a, a feeling of being small or, or um, there's like a weight, a weightiness with it, a heaviness. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you see that relationship here and both of these words coming from the same root. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. It's neat to see it. Like I said, it just kind of highlights everything. Everything's there in a black and white TV. You're yeah. still entertained, mm -hmm. but it just fills it out for you. And nowadays, even like with HD, there's, like I said, there's people that have their devotions in the original languages and you go, wow, mm -hmm. they're the ones that are like HD. You know, yeah. they're, they're high definition. Everything can really start to be played out. Yeah. Um, I'm not there. I'm happy with being on a color TV. <laughs> <laughs> Old tube style. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, anything else that got cut from your sermon? Yeah, the last one, the last piece that, that I had wrestled with for a while. Um, I was actually originally going to structure my whole message on this and just found it cumbersome and it was hard to really tie everything together with this. But when you look at quotations in a narrative passage, uh, when you see someone speak the author is telling you to slow down and to listen what they're saying. And so in this, uh, when you stop, you see that there's actually seven quotations, seven times when somebody is speaking in this passage in chapter 14. And, and a few things you learn from this. The first thing is that God has the first word and God has the last word. It's kind of cool to think that mm -hmm. God is the one who's actually doing the whole thing. Like yeah. he gets the first and the last word. Um, yeah. And then the second thing is that you see a, a chiastic structure. Uh, this mm -hmm. chiastic structure is is basically for for those of you who who love playing with languages and various things. It, it's it's used a lot in the ancient Near Eastern languages, actually, and actually all the way up to um, Greek uses it as well. Um, mm -hmm. Iliad and Odyssey uses the same uh, formation, mm. but it's basically A, B, B prime, A prime. It's a structure saying what I say at the beginning, what I say at the end, and kind of sandwich it in with other things. And it can extend itself out. So in mm -hmm. particular in this, the speeches, when you start looking at who is speaking, you mm -hmm. have God start, God end, and then you have Egypt, kind of mm -hmm. the next layer. Yeah. And then in the middle, you have these three three kind of speeches that happen. One is from the Israelites, one is from Moses, and one is from God. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when you see this, the, the central one is the most important. That's what's being highlighted, saying mm -hmm. this is what you need to pay attention to. Yeah. And so in particular, this part, it's uh, what Moses has to say, what Moses is speaking to his people. As they're grumbling, they're seeing uh, the Egyptians barreling down on them, and they're looking out and they're saying, "What? weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Which mm -hmm. another interesting piece on that, three quarters of Egypt was dedicated to the dead, the land. And so wow. they're kind of making this joke saying like, weren't there enough graves in Egypt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that you brought us out to the wilderness to die? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually in response to that, that, that Moses speaks to them. And these are the words that he says. And I, and I want us to capture it because I think it speaks to us as well. When we're feeling we're backed up against the wall, there's nowhere to turn. Mm. This is what we need to get from it. Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Let me say that again, because I think we just need to hear that again. Yeah. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Mm -hmm. That's the middle part. That's what he's saying. Highlight this. Mm -hmm. And really, I, there's so many times when I'm feeling, man, which way do I go? How do I, how do I get there? It seems mm -hmm. impossible. It might be emotional. It might be like a real physical need or something. Yeah. And, and really, the reminder is, is this. Fear mm -hmm. not. Stand firm. 
watch, see what God's going to do in this yeah. and be silent, be silent while you go through it. Yeah. Yeah. That the connection with silence there too, to chapter 15 is, is pretty interesting how, you know, all they have to do, all we have to do is just watch and be silent and, and just observe what God does on our mm-hmm. behalf and what he does here. Uh, you know, rescuing them, delivering them from Pharaoh and in the army. Yeah. And then the natural result of that is they burst into song yeah. in celebration yeah. and in worship of God. Mm-hmm. The silence and watching what God does just yeah. leads to that naturally. Yeah, song can do what narrative can't. Mm-hmm. Song yeah. ties emotion mm-hmm. to facts. A narrative is a lot of times facts. And here song is bringing the emotion, which is, which is awesome, awesome to read as well. Some really good information there with living out of this freedom that God brings us. And I think mm-hmm. of what you just said, that, that centerpiece of Moses speaking, that so often we want to take control and figure things out. But there's a lot of freedom that comes with mm-hmm. just giving God his time mm-hmm. to do his things for us to fear not, stand firm, and yeah. be silent. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of freedom that comes from just relinquishing that control mm-hmm. to God. So mm-hmm. really yeah, great absolutely. information, Brenton. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me here. This is a this is a blast. Yeah, and we'll be praying for the Fourth of July parade. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much to those of you who have joined us this week. This podcast is something we are trying out for the summer, so we want to know what you think. If you like what you're listening to, we would love for you to leave us a comment or a review and let us know. We hope you will tune in next week when we will have Jamie Borchick joining us from South Rogers Park.